1: Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Please play responsibly.
0: Donato's just didn't add bacon to their pizzas. They added bacon to their bacon. Canadian bacon and hardwood smoked bacon. Or Canadian bacon and Chipotle seasoned bacon. Get $2 off a large bacon duo or any large pizza. Use promo code 2. Donato's. Every piece is important. Hey everybody, it's the interview queen, Alicia Toot here. And you are currently listening to and obviously enjoying Queen's Court. Hi, I'm the Asian sensation
1: Kanji, you're listening to Queen's Court. Hi guys, this is the Queen of Queen's Visage talking, and I am so happy to introduce you to the Queen's Court. All right, everyone, welcome to this episode of Queenie Chats on Queens Court with your girl, the Queen of Any. and I'm so excited to welcome the most marketable man, Mr. Richard Holliday. Hello, sir. How are you?
2: Well, I'm doing the best that I can in my state of rarefied air quarantine, but (laughs) here we are um, in the midst of this uh, global pandemic, but I guess uh, I can say I'm doing the best that I can.
1: Oh, man, I, I totally understand that. And, uh, you know, where I'm from, in in good old Connecticut here, we're about to be on uh, our own set of uh, stay-at-home, shelter-in-place kind of thing. So it's getting kind of crazy. <laughs> yep.
2: Yeah. Uh, Connecticut seems to be one of those states that is a little behind the curve uh, in the sense that we kind of follow suit to what New York does. Um, so hopefully we can uh, eliminate uh, most of the growth of this, of this virus, you know the best that we can.
1: Absolutely, I'm hoping that we can as well. But being that this is such an unprecedented time, how are you spending your your little quarantine here? What have we been up to?
2: Well, I am certainly doing things that I don't really find myself doing all quite often, um, which would be watching a lot of television and in mm-hmm. and, and movies. Um, that seems to help pass the time minimally. Um, Then I actually went out and purchased a PS4. I do not play video games. Um, I don't find them really all that fun. However, I I haven't played them since I was a teenager. But I went out and bought one of those to just knock off a few hours a day. Other than that, I'm drinking a lot of coffee. Um, I'm still doing a lot of workouts. Um, I find myself running a lot and, and uh, going down by the water and, and trying to just uh, stare at the ocean and pretend like nothing's happening. And that's all I'm doing. <laughs> well, I'm sure I you're mean, doing probably a lot of the same.
1: A lot of the same, yeah. I mean, I play video games, but I will say that uh, not as often, uh, but now it's a lot. <laughs> so I totally understand where you're coming from there. But let's spend a little time talking all about you and see if we can distract uh, distract ourselves rather from all this craziness. So... First question for you from me is what was it about the wrestling profession that captivated your attention that made it for you to say, "Wow, like I really want to do this myself
2: Well, I think it's you know it's just like anything else. I think anybody who ever attends their first event kind of gets hooked if it's if you're meant to be in the business, you kind of get hooked off that first time you go and I remember my father bringing me to the New Haven Coliseum, uh which is no longer in existence, but I would go there. And this is when, you know, WWF, you know, Raw or SmackDown would come through. And I, I would go to that and I would, you know, I'm a five-year-old, six-year-old kid and I'm enamored by this. So I think then, you know, maybe the seed was planted. I don't think any five-year-old kid decides their career uh, right then and there. And then I think uh, it was probably around 22, if I'm being in all honesty. Um, everybody knew who I grew up with, you know, in my adolescence and into my teenage years knows that you know, I wanted to be a professional wrestler, but, you know, how serious was, was that dialogue? I'm not so sure. But around 22, when I was playing football in college, uh, I took a look at myself in the mirror one day and I just said, well, you know, I'm not going to play professional football, nor do I have any desire to. Uh, professional wrestling is what I've always wanted to do, so now it's time to just, uh, you know, dive in head first and, and go for this so that's kind of the way it happened for me
1: yeah that seems it's a similar story i feel like a lot of other people that i've spoken with that you know it's something that happens when you're a kid and you just kind of see it and sometimes it's not a journey that happens you know right away that this is the choice i'm going to start doing right as soon as i'm a teenager like it's going to happen and i'm moving forward some people find out a little later but 22 is a great time to start Now, when it comes to being the most marketable man, I have a question here from someone on Twitter. Uh, His name is BJ from Ozzy Lucian, and he wanted to know, what does it take to make somebody the most marketable?
2: Well, it's an interesting question, not one that I haven't been asked before. And it's really just a, it's an understanding that this is a consumer-driven industry, and it's an understanding of the marketplace in which professional wrestling falls into. So, What does it really take in order to be successful in professional wrestling? Well, there's several different attributes that I think are necessary and and that I think are a requirement, a prerequisite, if I may say, uh, (laughs) in order in order to be successful in pro wrestling. Now, there are outliers, of course, as there are with anything else in life, but it's charisma. I don't want to boast about myself here but it's you know you you have to be it's a presence it's it's a charisma it's that it factor it's looks it's the way you carry yourself it's um the way that you present yourself the overall presentation of of your your character and yourself so I've always believed that that was me I I never thought that there was anybody else in professional wrestling that had all the intangible and tangible qualities that I possess I also you know partner that with the fact that I have extraordinary articulation skills, and I also have a degree in marketing. So now I understand marketing, and now all pro wrestling is is marketing at its grassroots. If you strip it down, that's all it really is. So I have an understanding in marketing. Um, I translated that into my knowledge of professional wrestling, and snap your fingers, here's the most marketable man.
1: Yeah, it seems to make a lot of sense. And you can tell definitely that, you know, you're very articulate and and well-spoken. And that, I feel like, has a lot to do with some of the best qualities, at least how I feel when I'm watching professional wrestling or I'm trying to get into maybe a person I haven't seen before and I'm trying to understand them a little more. If they can speak really well and they can captivate me on the mic, then I'm automatically more like, okay, what do you have to offer? Let me see you. Let me see what's going to happen. And I feel like that's how you build fan base in, in a lot
2: of ways. Well of course. I mean I mean to me I, I, I try to tell people all the time, um, I, I don't believe that a first time consumer would ever go to a show and say, Hey, do you remember that, you know, um that wrestling combination that, you know, wrestler <laughs> A exhibited in the ring? Like, Oh my god, that really captivated me. I'll I'll remember that little sequence for the rest of my life. No, you won't. You'll probably forget about it in twenty minutes. Um wrestling is very secondary to me in the wrestling business. Um it's not something that I uh, strive to um, you know, impress people with with the way that I – or what I do within the ropes. Does, does that make sense? It's more mm-hmm. of I am trying to – well, I'm not trying. I, the way I present myself is exactly how I feel the wrestling business should be um, presented. And I, I just think that goes over a lot of people's heads, and I think that's why a lot of people don't find success because they don't have um, any charisma or stage presence or articulation skills. They can't make people feel other emotions other than simply, wow, that was impressive.
1: Sure, yeah. You need to make a lasting impression more so than a moveset. I think you you said that perfectly right there. And, um, you know, for me, I believe that I saw you um, as my memory is is coming back. (laughs) That's so many wrestling shows I've been to, but Northeast Wrestling – um, and I, re- I remember the AirPods, and I remember not really so much what you did in the ring, other than, you know, you're very tall and, and strong and impressive that way, so, like, I remember the physique, right? But it more so, like, I remember the the wordplay that you had and the interactions with the audience um, and the their reactions back to you. I think that's what I remember the most.
2: Well, of course, yeah. I mean, the the, the AirPods was something that, you know, once I started doing it, was an instant, gratis, uh, instant uh type of attraction towards the consumers, mm-hmm. and it was something that kind of clicked almost immediately. So, you know, and I'm a forward thinker. I'm I'm one who, and like I said, it's just understanding the market. It's understanding what's not being used currently that should be being used, and I saw a massive opportunity with the AirPods, and boom, I struck gold with that. Now. Um, If you were to talk to somebody uh, about AirPods within wrestling, automatically uh, it's going to be synonymous with Richard Holiday. Sure.
1: And as you combine all of your, your knowledge and your background from college and everything with what you're doing now, is there any other, like, perhaps someone that you watched or someone that you admire that has been a really big influence on what you're doing in your career right now?
2: Yeah, I think um, I think the easy answer would be The Rock, and I think that's because he used wrestling. Not he didn't use wrestling, but he allowed wrestling to be a platform to things that um, let him showcase his skills um, further than just a wrestling business. And I think that's really, really important. You know, it's pro wrestling first and foremost is my love and and where I find uh, the most happiness. However, I do understand that I could possibly be successful in other avenues of entertainment. And I see somebody like him, and uh, I'm obviously very um, impressed with everything that he does. So I would say The Rock. And then if I had to give you an answer of somebody within the ring, uh, it's always been Randy Orton in terms of who I would like to, if I had to emulate anybody. Uh, I, I try to emulate nobody, but if I had to, it would be him because he's the type of wrestler that I admire. For what actually happens within the ring, it's, it would be him. Sure.
1: Yeah, I can, I can actually see that. <laughs> it makes sense to me a little bit that that, that would be someone you would pick. Um, another thing that I've been seeing with you, obviously, is working with MLW. and What a fantastic promotion that is. Um, can you speak to your experiences that you've had there?
2: Yeah, MLW is, in my opinion, um I don't like saying a secret because I feel like a lot of people know about it, but it's the best kept secret in pro wrestling. And I think more eyes should be on it. The weekly programming that we're putting out on a weekly basis is, is really on par with everything else. I know a lot of people, a lot of consumers will say, well, it's, you know, it's the top two dogs. It's, it's WWE and AEW. And while that may be true to an extent, I think ML, if those consumers were to give them all chance, they would very easily wedge a third competitor into that market. Um, for me it's it's been the launching pad of my career there were some things mm-hmm. prior to me getting to mlw um, that allowed me to even catch the eye of of Corp bauer and the team but that is what really gave me the biggest platform in order to succeed And my you know my consumer base has grown immensely ever since i've been featured on mlw tv and as you start watching more and more you see that well, i'm pretty heavily featured now and that is because they saw the marketability and and what i can do and the intangible qualities that i bring um to a hour-long program you know keep in mind mlw is an hour long it's not a um it's not an hour-long show with commercials you know that would bring it down to 42 minutes there's an hour worth of programming every every single time you 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 watch it even on b in sports you know even on tv so they understand and uh, i think that's why you see me in so many different segments
1: yeah, that definitely helps uh, in terms of, like, yes, it's an hour, but you're not taking virtual breaks. And you can really just invest yourself for those 60 minutes uh, into the product and into you guys, which I think is something unique and special that MLW offers. And uh, I've had the pleasure of speaking with uh, the interview queen herself, Miss Alicia Toot, and, uh, you know, she can't say enough wonderful things about MLW, and I'm, I'm really glad that she is there as well. Yeah,
2: she's it's good. She super has a fun. lot. She has a lot.
1: Yeah, for sure. It's 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 been really cool to watch that. And I agree. I feel like a lot of people know about MLW, but I feel like more people <laughs> should tune in and, and watch because it's a fantastic uh, thing that you guys are putting out every week. And from um, the tweet that I put out uh, from Conrad, Everything Pro Wrestling, I wanted to know what's your next goal with MLW? You've had a lot of things going on, but wh- what are you looking to do next once everything, you know, obviously begins again? What is the Most marketable Man up to?
2: Well, I obviously have a lot of my play in terms of, you know, heading the dynasty into a new Mm -hmm. direction and obviously being the Caribbean champion and bringing a lot of prestige into that. But there's so many things that I can do within the confines of MLW, and there's so many avenues of success that I'm I'm really looking towards. I can't say that there's one in specific that makes me more excited than another, Mm -hmm. however, There are certain uh, championships that I feel would look especially good around my waist. (laughs) Um, But other than that, I think it is just continuing to make the Dynasty the most talked about thing, possibly in pro wrestling. Uh, Consumers are ranting and raving about the Dynasty, wanting it in other promotions. They can't have it in other promotions. It's in MLW. Tune in every single week, and you can see us.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think... That's definitely something that I can see happening, and I think a lot of people would hop on board um, making that into something that is must-see, must-talk must about uh, as well. Now, in doing a little bit of research on you, um, fan of The Office, correct?
2: Huge, huge, absolutely. Huge fan
1: of The Office. So a little non-wrestling question, but I have to ask, who is your favorite character from that amazing
2: television show? Well, whenever I'm asked this question, I automatically disregard Michael Scott because he's up and away by far the funniest. Mm -hmm. So he's a cop-out answer. If I had to give who I think is really underrated on the show, he's not my second favorite, but Ryan is very, very underrated in terms of his very dry humor and subtle Um, facial expressions, I think his facial expressions might be the best. And the way he looks into the camera, he he, he kills me every time. But in terms of just overall body of work on the show, Andy.
1: Yes, I'm so glad that you said that. I feel like Andy is super underappreciated, especially in the latter seasons. He's such an integral you know, characters when Michael leaves, obviously, and um, he takes over as regional manager. Spoiler, if you haven't seen it, I don't know why you haven't, but uh, yeah, if you should
2: Yeah, if you haven't seen it, shame <laughs> on you. You deserve to have Shame
1: it. on you. I totally agree. Um, I, I also have a really soft spot for Kevin. How do you feel about Kevin?
2: Well, Kevin Kevin definitely makes me laugh. <laughs>
1: yes.
2: He's not in my top five. I mean, the chili scene is obviously the most memorable scene for me with Kevin. Right. But he's okay. Uh, yeah, I'll tell you who I, I can do without. Okay, and I under, tell us. And I, and I understand. I, I I might catch a lot of uh, flack for this. I'm just not a Jim guy. Jim just doesn't do anything for me. I don't think he's ever made me laugh. He's inter- He's needed because the other characters play off him, but him personally, he doesn't really make me laugh.
1: Yeah, it's interesting that you say that. I have an interesting relationship with Jim myself. I, I love him with Pam, and I like him as a foil for Dwight, but I actually like Dwight so much more than I like Jim. So I feel Uh-oh. like people are going to be mad at me, but it's true. Of course.
2: Of course. And and actually, another, another uh, hard-hitting um, opinion of mine is I prefer Jim with Karen than I did with Pam.
1: Wow, no kidding.
2: Yeah, I loved Karen. I thought she was great.
1: That's interesting. But, I liked okay. him with Pam. I I see why, but like his relationship with Karen was pretty good.
2: Pam annoys me. Pam annoys you, huh? Interesting. Pam 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 has moments where she annoys me. You know, there's the characters. They they play their roles. You know, I, I she, Pam is not meant to be the funniest person on the show. Right. She's meant to, you know, have a soft spot. Well, I don't really have many soft spots, so for me. <laughs> For me, she does. She does minimal. Jim does minimal. I I would prefer more Ryan, more Angela, people like that. They give me a little bit more.
1: Oh my god, I love Angela. What a mess. <laughs> She's the best. She's the most controlled mess of a person I've ever seen on TV. <laughs> well,
2: as a, as a, as a podcaster yourself, I I recommend you check out The Office Girls, the podcast run by by Pam and Angela.
1: I happily will do that. Um, I love I the office so much. In fact, during this quarantine I have gone back and started to rewatch it just because it's just the best. Um, so I'm I'm so glad to, to find that you were an office fan. That was a cool little thing to find out. Um oh, for sure. as we kind of wind down here though, um what would you give as the best piece of advice to wrestlers out there right now who are looking to kind of make a splash like you have been doing?
2: I think it's take a chance on yourself and find something in the market that nobody's doing and try and capitalize it on the best way that you can. Um, I think the AirPods can be a huge testament to that. I took something that was very relevant in pop culture and I put them in my ears. That's simply all I did. And while I was having success prior to that, this I believe was a huge catalyst in advancing. So it's, it's just recognizing what's out there, what's new and fresh and different, and take a gamble. If you find that you've, you've been doing it for a little bit and you're not having the success that you might have um, thought you were going to have, that would be my number one advice.
1: Excellent. I like that advice. Um, and before we leave, what is your favorite cup of coffee? Uh,
2: that's 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 a question that deserves many different answers because there's Indeed. many different – there's many different reasons to drink a cup of coffee. And am I limited to just coffee or or, or can, I mix oh. in, am I, can I mix in espresso drinks? Because obviously they of are very different. As you should, of course. The morning cup of coffee is always a black cup of coffee. Always. Hot. The mid-afternoon post-lunch coffee is always a venti iced Americano from Starbucks. Mm. Black. 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. I do lattes. If I, nice. to a, if I go to a new coffee shop, it's a Cortado. If you don't serve Cortados, I leave because I know that you are not a true good coffee shop.
1: So that's how you rate the coffee shops. If they don't yes. serve it, you're
2: out. I specifically remember walking into a coffee shop. I will not name them because I don't want them to go out of business, especially during this time. <laughs> yeah. I walked in. I read the menu. It was very basic. Coffee, French drip, latte, cappuccino, americano. No cortado. Showed me that they have uh, very little bar- barista experience because I believe that the cortado was probably the most difficult drink to actually um, present. Ooh. And um, I'm I'm fascinated by cortados and the presentation of them. So if you don't do them, I instantly leave. But that is kind of the my coffee pyramid or or my coffee. Um, Timeline, if you will of how i how I operate
1: well, where do you go to get the best cortado?
2: Well, the best cortados that I've had um, throughout my journey, so one of the cool things about wrestling is that it allows me to go to different coffee shops throughout the country. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I would say good boy Bob Coffee in Los Angeles was one of the best I've ever had. I would say in in the New England region, um, there is a uh, nice coffee shop called the Nitro Bar in Providence. Yes. Um, The Coffee Peddler in New Haven is Mm -hmm. fantastic and probably my favorite in New Haven. Fussy Coffee in New Haven is great. There's so many good ones. There are a lot of good
1: ones. We're kind of spoiled like that.
2: Yeah. Ox in Philadelphia is, is, is tremendous. I just had a really, really good one at um, Portal Coffee in San Diego. Ooh. I just had that last week. So it was, there's, there's so many different good ones. And that's the cool <laughs> thing about wrestling is, is is traveling to all these different places and, and testing them out and taking pictures of them.
1: Yeah, that's the best. I, I love a good cup of coffee. And if you can't make one, I don't want to talk to you. So I feel like we're on the same page with that. Exactly. And, uh, if you would, please. Uh, let the people know where they can find you on all your social media so they can stay in touch with you, watch what you're doing during this crazy time and uh, obviously follow your journey through wrestling.
2: Yeah. Consumers, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at most marketable kept the handle nice and easy for you. So you can reach me on both. Um, my pro wrestling T store is active. Just search Richard holiday, two L's in holiday. Please don't disrespect my last name. And that is it. Listen to me um, on this podcast, whenever this drops, Um, I don't know when it is going to, but when it's it's going to drop tomorrow and understand (laughs) this consumers, I need you to understand this. I'm going to do a close for you without you even asking me because I really appreciated this conversation. (laughs) Understand that that when you are listening to the queen of new England podcast, you're breathing rarefied air.
1: Wow. Well, thank you so much. That was a beautiful close.
2: (laughs) Hey, You're you're welcome to that.
1: I I will say thank you and humbly accept that. And uh, it's been a pleasure speaking with you today. So everybody, go follow The Most Marketable Man. I will link all of his uh, important information in the description. And as always, enjoy the rest of your day and be kind to one another.